You are listening to the Good Shepherd Church Owensboro podcast. For more information, visit goodshepherdchurch.cc. I think Blake tightened this thing so he was so scared that Sam was going to, uh, or Steve, I don't know who Sam is, Steve Sampson, that Steve was going to fall into it that he, he tightened this thing. Why don't you take a, uh, some pipe wrench and close this thing here? You're just a lot stronger than me. Oh, okay. We're going to do the announcements again. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Oh, praise the Lord. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Doesn't it feel good to laugh? Man. You know, it's really hard to be depressed when you're joyful. You know how you get joyful? You start being thankful. I'm telling you. Man, isn't it awesome if the Lord, if the Bible and God had an answer for everything? Which I believe he does. Oh my goodness. I'm going to go a little forward here before I fall off the platform. We're really professional around here. I'm a professional preacher. Come on, come on up here, Blake. Let's just make this more awkward than it has been this whole time. Anybody else want to come up and help? That's good. Thank you, sir. You're such a servant. Woo! <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. I'm going to try to transition into something spiritual. Amen. Ooh, the Lord just spoke to me and said, what makes you think that there's nothing spiritual about this? Doesn't it feel good? Don't you feel connected when we laugh together? You feel like family. You feel like community. You feel like you have a real relationship with someone. Right? Amen? Amen. That's what we desire here, Good Shepherd. You would have real relationships with people. We have small groups. Say small group. Wednesday nights at 6.30 here in the foyer. There's a small group. Also on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., at the Bartley's house. The Bartley's raise your hand. Ashley, would you stand? Thank you. And then her husband back there. If you'd like to know more about their group, they are right there. You can talk to them after service. They'd love to talk to you about it. And uh, let's see. Pastor Amel and Joy Herzog, would you guys stand? Hey, these are amazing people. They do Wednesday night group in the in the foyer. If you want, if you want more, you're looking for something midweek. And come and just uh, and, and just build relationships with people and be vulnerable. It's really good. We had a good group uh, Wednesday Wednesday night. I led because uh, uh, Pastor Herzog and his wife were out of town, and it was really awesome. Amen. Amen and amen. So I'm going to preach for about two hours. Listen, y'all thought I was long-winded. Maddie is about to preach up here. Did you see that? Yeah, she was. She. I was like, well, looky here. That's my problem here. Maybe it runs in the family. The Bible says that Paul preached so long that a guy fell off a top story and died. <laughs> and Paul said, imitate me as I imitate the Lord. <laughs> That's a real story, by the way. And then Paul raised him from the dead. Amen. How appropriate, since we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the supernatural God that we serve, that God's natural is the supernatural, right? That's what he does naturally. I love a quote. I forgot who said it, but somebody special. They said, you know, we're not temporary, uh, or excuse me, we're not human beings having a temporary spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? That we're not of this world. We used to have those stickers and you got them on the back of your car and you don't even really know what it means. Right? We're sojourners. We're passing by. We're not of this world. We're of a different kingdom. We represent a different kingdom. We're ambassadors for that kingdom. 
It's amazing. So, anyways, we've been talking about the supernatural for a long time. Uh, how many of you enjoyed Brother Steve last week? I had an awesome time. Uh, Sunday night was such a blessing. It was such, honestly, it was such a, I believe, such a fulfillment of a, of a, a bur not a burden, of a, um, maybe a dream in, in my heart for this building and this property that God would fill this place, not just on Sunday mornings, but he would fill it with the whole region. And we would have special meetings and special conferences and the people would come here as a hub, as a watering center to be refreshed and sent out. And Sunday night, we, I would say probably 80% of the people who were here, um, 75 at least, uh, were from, not from this church, which was awesome. I saw a lot of old friends and uh, people I've known for years and years and years, and I was just so encouraged by that. Amen? Aren't you? Man, it was good. And uh, Steve, uh, uh, how many of you, we're not going to do the other, but how many of you, if you just raise your hand, if, if, if something Steve said or something he prayed, you've seen changing your life or something was very accurate, would you raise your hand right now? Real high, so people can see. Let's build some faith in the room. Yeah, come on. Blake wants you to know, listen, he read my mail. Right? Isn't that amazing? Because I think what happens a lot of the times, if we would all be honest, with this doubt comes in. But as your pastor, and I know a lot of these people personally, and I know a lot of things that you don't know, man, it was powerful seeing him talk about some personal issues that I know about that you don't know about. And it was seeing him talk, I and mean, just hit him right on the head. It was like, man, this is legit. Right? Ain't that right, Alyssa? Yeah. It was awesome. And I was just like, man, that is so, so good. So, anyways, we love the gifts of the Spirit, but guess what we love even more? Just got to say it loud for those in the back. Jesus. That's right. We love Jesus. We love Him, right? We're not like the Pharisees who are looking for a sign or looking for something cool to happen. We want Him to show up. And when he shows up, he will show up with power and anointing and encouragement. How many of you were encouraged when he, you got prayed for this past week? You were encouraged in that, you know? I always heard about the prophetic and the words of knowledge. Um, a lot of people want to call out bad things or negative things. But uh, Bill Johnson and Chris Valton say when you, when you go digging for gold, you don't, you don't stop and be like, man, look at all this dirt we found. You see what I'm saying? That's not what the prophetic is for. Not for looking at all the dirt that we got. <laughs> all the, all the, the, the bad stuff we found. We know we look for the goal, the good things, the encouraging things. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Let's put our hands on our hearts. Oh, let's just pray for yourself right now. Say, Jesus, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for this uh, morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would rest on me. Like that song that we sing says, you know, that the Spirit was moving over the waters. Spirit, come rest over us. So, Father, that your Spirit would rest on me, God. Like that song said earlier, that I have nothing to offer you, God. I came here with nothing, Lord. Would you feel me, Lord? That you would speak to your people, give them ears to hear and eyes to see this morning, and let them be transformed in Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody say amen? amen? You know how you measure success of a church, or a meeting, or a worship service, or anything? It's in transformation. Not in attendance. Not in anything else. 
And I had a pastor say, it's like you can have a, you can have the, the best men's meeting you ever want. And you can have 300 guys show up and y'all can cook Boston butts and y'all can have a good old time. But how much transformation has come out of it? You see what I'm saying? We want transformation in this house. And when you would do what Maddie was saying, you start to engage your heart. Man, I see God's faithfulness all over this room. You know what I see? I see transformation. I'm telling you. I see transformation in, in specific people in this room. I see the growth that God has done. I see that the growth God's done in your family. I see the growth in your personal lives, in your marriages. I see it, and I'm encouraged. I'm so encouraged. Because God wants transformation. He doesn't just want numbers. He doesn't just want money. He doesn't just want cool things to happen. We don't just want to do things to be attractional. We want people to come so they can be transformed. Amen. Amen. We're so worried about getting our kids and our spouses here or whatever. But the, the ultimate goal is not that they start being church attenders. The goal is that they be transformed. That they would be transformed completely and fully. And I, man, I was just, man, I was looking around this room this morning. I was just like, man, thank you, Jesus. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Man. And encourage our worship team, the ones that are in the room. You do, what, you do what you can do, and the Lord will do what he can do. You do what you do, and the Lord, he brings the increase. He stirs the hearts, and you just be faithful with what you're doing. You give your heart completely to him. And it's the same thing with preaching, with Pastor Daryl, anyone on this platform. As you empty yourself, God will bring the increase, amen? So we're praying for increase this morning. Somebody say increase. Like John the Baptist. So we're getting back into our core value of the supernatural. We've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We'll probably teach a little more about prophecy as well because Steve just kind of demonstrated some prophecy. Uh, but we, we, we believe in teaching the Word of God. How many of you know that the, the gifts of the Spirit and the charismatic or Pentecostal theology uh, is reasons why uh, there's such a, a, there's so many opinions, let's say that. There's so many opinions of what the gifts of the Spirit are. Or maybe they're still here, maybe they're not. Maybe they went away. There's so many different opinions, right? But how many of you know that God is not confused about what the Bible says? We might be. We might be confused on how we're interpreting the Scriptures. Other people might be confused on how they're interpreting the Scriptures. But God's not confused. He knows exactly what He meant when He wrote these lines in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 7-12. through 12. Let me read it to you. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing, plural, which we'll talk about today, by one Spirit. To the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one of it individually as he wills. That's good news. As he wants. It's not up to us. It's as he wants to, right? God has decided to move in a very strong prophetic gift and healing gift on Steve Sampson's life. Because he wants to. You know what I'm saying? It's just because he wants to. We, we cannot, I don't believe that we get to a place where we earn these gifts. We're not going to earn that God's, uh, or he's going to, I'm going to earn the gifts of healing. It's something that flows from the Holy Spirit through me. Amen? So no striving. Somebody say no performance. Man. 
Alright, so we're going to get into the gifts of healing today. I want to teach you this morning. So if you have notes, take some notes. Um, I want to, I hope that you learn about the gifts of healing today and it's not just something that we barely talk about um, because here at Good Shepherd, we, we love the supernatural. We want to see this stuff and not only that, we expect it. We anticipate God to do supernatural things. We anticipate Him to show up in a mighty way, in a powerful way. So we need to learn these things because there's so much, um, there's just so much different opinions. You know, some churches, this is what separates the churches. You know, you got your Baptist church, you got your charismatic church, it all comes down to these gifts of the Spirit. It all comes down to these things. And so they must be extremely important. If they, listen, if something I believe, the reason why there's so much, um, so many arguments on the gifts of spirit, speaking in tongues, and money, must be because there's some extreme value in those things. There's some extreme value. If we can just think that everyone is all about money and all pastors just want money, then we can turn off so many things. And then guess what? The church has no money and they can't do anything, can't build houses, can't build rehabs, can't do anything else. But in the same sense, if we can just get people not to worry about the gifts of the Spirit, then the gospel will not explode with power. Why do you think there's so many this? There's so much stuff around these things. It's because there's so much power in those things. And those things can be misused as well. Right? What well, they say to Jesus, we prophesied in your name. We casted out demons in your name. He says, depart from me. I never knew you. You can use it for selfish gain. You can use it to be seen. That's why there's medians in the world and psychics that will take your money to do, exactly, to, in a sense, to prophesy, to have words of knowledge, to know things, right? Before a different kingdom, right? So these things can be manipulated, and that's why they're so important that we understand them. Does that make sense? And I'm not going to tell you that I have every single answer, but I'm going to try to explain a little bit to you today. So, the gifts of healing. Say plural, gifts. It's not the gift of healing, it's gifts of healing. I believe it's gifts of healing because there are, uh, we've seen in certain meetings that sometimes on people's life, there are ministers who have this anointing to heal heart disease. And everyone they pray for has heart disease, gets healed. And even as I say that, I can see faith kind of get sucked out of the room. I can feel it. But let your faith rise in this place. Because you believe in a God who raises the dead. You believe in a Jesus who opens blind eyes, who opens deaf ears. This is what you believe. When he told John the Baptist, they said, is there another Messiah? He said, go and tell him the blind see and the deaf hear and the dead are raised. This is what you believe. So step into that belief this morning. Don't let that doubt come in. Those lies that Matty talks about. The devil comes in and accuses God and say, no, none of it's real. Or accuses me or accuses the minister and says, no, they're lying. This is why we need discernment of spirits. To see if what is coming out of me is the Holy Spirit or another. I believe it's one of the most important gifts today is the discerning of spirits. Because we need to know which is which. Especially when you're in a church that goes after this stuff. Right? Because a lot of churches, they just turn it off. Because it takes, it takes discernment. It takes hard conversations. It takes some action. It takes people that are demon-possessed, need to be delivered. It gets, a little, it gets a little messy. Right? So a lot of churches, we just, oh, we're going to turn off 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Just being honest. But, at Good Shepherd, we're going to open that up, and we're going to try to understand. Amen? So gifts of healing, it gets plural, because God might put a gift in a service one night, that only cancer starts getting healed all night, but nothing else gets healed. Nothing else gets healed. Have you ever seen something like that happen in a meeting or some of our older people in this room? 
be seen with different uh, old old school evangelists that would come, and only certain things would be healed. Only uh, uh, we've seen metal disappear in people's bodies. I can show you a video with Randy Clark. These massive scars down people's bodies. I'm talking like gnarly, crazy-looking scars with big uh, metal plates in these bodies where they could not bend over and people start to bend all the way over. They start to bend their knees like this where they couldn't do before and the metal's gone. Isn't that crazy? There's gifts of healing. They've seen that happen at a whole meeting, but they didn't see really anything else kind of happen that meeting. People with cancer still went home with cancer, and we'll get to that later. So I'm just trying to explain to you that there's gifts of healing. It's plural. And sometimes God will just do something in one way, and he'll want to do that all night. It's just the way that it is, or the way that we've seen. So, it says, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, the King James says, to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit. So, healing means to make whole or well. Grace, or excuse me, gift means grace, favor, and kindness. So, gifts of healing, then, are manifestations of God's grace, his favor, and his kindness. Howard Carter, the theologian in the Simmons of God, he says the gifts of healing are manifestations of the power of God in the sphere or area of disease and pain. It's a manifestation of the power of God in the area of disease and pain. Amen? These gifts, they flow out of the Spirit of God through the believer and then to the people who need healing. It's not you that heals anybody. And that's where the charismatic church gets a lot of flack for. They're like, oh, they're faith healers. They, they claim they can heal people. No, if you listen, we know as a charismatic believer that I don't heal anyone. I can't. And I can't save anyone either. Man, doesn't that feel take a lot of pressure off? I can't save you. <laughs> can't save myself. I can't heal you. But the one who can lives in me. And he flows through me as I yield to him. I can understand that you're God, your spirit. This healing's available, and I open myself up for you to flow to me as you will and to believe that, God, that you want to see people healed and set free. Amen? And it's not just for me. Isn't this, the, this is the cool stuff, if you ask me. Like, I'm all about, I understand the sufferings and the trials and all that stuff. It's all, listen, it's all there. Jesus said, in this life you'll have trouble. But I love to think about the power of God, the gifts of the Spirit, and to believe for God to show up in a mighty way. Can somebody say amen? Ooh, all right. So, so let's say this. Let's explain this a little more. So sickness, disease, one of the age-old questions, right? If God is so powerful, if God is all love, you know, why do we have sickness? Why do we have disease? Why do we have all this? These are all common to everyone. Even believers struggle with sickness and disease. Can somebody say amen? Why is that, right? It's because it's a result of man's fall into sin. We go back to Genesis. It was because of their disobedience. Everything in the garden was good, period. You know the first thing, this is a side point. Hopefully I don't run off on this. You know the first thing that God said wasn't good? That man would be alone. You are not, you were never created to walk this life out alone. Isolation is what really kills discipleship. And it kills the, it kills, it kills growth in your personal life, I promise. So, get connected. Look at your neighbor say, get connected. With someone. Amen. So, sickness, disease, these are all common even to believers. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Why do the wicked?
wicked prosper? Why do we see wicked people who are rich? And, and Bill Gates, who doesn't know the Lord, why do they, the billionaires seem like they have it all together? The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Bad things happen to us. They happen to all people. Sickness and disease, they're here because of the fall. Here's the good news. They're not in heaven <laughs> at all. No more tears. No more pain. No more nothing. No more suffering. No more even memories of things that happened to you. Nothing. Gone. <laughs> Completely joy. Amen? So this is something we can look forward to. All right? So just because a person is sick, uh, it doesn't just mean, let's get into this a little bit, uh, that they have sinned. So Jesus said in John 9, 3, they said, Teacher, whose sin caused him to be born blind? Was it his own or his parents? And Jesus answered them, Neither this man nor his parents. That's not why. So there's different reasons. There's different reasons of why uh, people are sick. There's different reasons why people have diseases. So sometimes people are sick. This might be hard to swallow. It's because they have sin. Uh-oh. That doesn't fix our grace, love, theology that we define. Jesus said this, see you are well again when he healed this guy from his mat. He said, stop sinning or something worse is going to happen to you. John 5, 14. How many of you know you can invite things into your life that God never intended for you? Ever. And then we get, then we get confused like, oh man, this is a trial. This is a trial. Listen, there's trials that God's allowing and trials that you started. I know. You know what I'm saying? And we get caught in this weird place and like, well, this is just God, man. God's doing this. No, no, you made a stupid decision. Don't allow sin in your life. Don't give a place for you to have unrepented, habitual sin that will invite even sickness and things into your body. That's what the Bible says. I'm not here to explain it to you how it happens. Jesus said, don't want to sin no more unless something worse will happen to you. Right? So be a big deal. How many of you know that gluttony is a sin? You know, in the church, we love to scream against homosexuality, but we don't like to talk about gluttony. We love to put up signs and banners about abortion. We don't like to talk about our pride and self-righteousness. You see what I'm saying? We love to. We get on the internet and tell everybody, we're so against abortion and we're against the gays and blah, 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 blah. But we don't, we have all these personal garbage going on of pride and self-righteousness and even lying or lust and pornography, whatever it may be. We have these ugly, bad dispositions, right? The Lord humbling me right now. <laughs> Dispensationalism, that's not what we're doing, right? Some people, you're wondering why we have to invite... Pastor, will you pray for my heart disease? Will you pray for my diabetes or whatever this may be? But it's like, listen, what kind of lifestyle are we living? It's like asking God to give you a job, but you haven't put any applications in. Well, I'm just going to believe God. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to decree it. I'm going to name it and claim it. I'm going to blab it and grab it. I'm going to spit it and get it. <laughs> I'm going to confess it and possess it. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to go sit on my couch and eat Cheetos. That's what the charismatics get a bad name from when we make declarations, but we don't add any wisdom to them. Ooh, there's wisdom that follows. 
I am a great father. I am a great teacher. Well, guess what? I need to have wisdom and go hang out with great fathers and great teachers. <laughs> That's good, Pastor. <laughs> Some of you look like you're happy with me. Some of you look like you hate me. It's just a normal day in the pastor's life. It's no big deal. Normal day. It's not for everybody. <laughs> But check this out. Whatever the cause of the sickness, disease, or infirmity, God desires that we should be healed. Whether here or in heaven, you will be healed. God's ultimate desire, completely, is that you will be healed. It might be here, but it's going to be there, no matter what. How many funerals have you been to that you've said, they're suffering no more, they're not in pain anymore. But what happens when we ask God, we say, Jesus, because of the atonement, because of your blood, you purchased my healing. It's already purchased in heaven. It's going to be there no matter what when I get there. When a miracle or gifts of healing come is when I ask Jesus to bring that what's already purchased into my now. When I bring it into now, I say, God, this can be done because of what you've done. I ask you in Jesus' name to this cancer would leave right now. Because he can... And he already has paid the price for it. Does that make sense? Whew. Isn't that good news? It's so good. You know, when you get to a mature place, you'll start to be even way more excited and believing for other people's healing than your own. You won't get bitter about yours not coming. You'll be so excited and anticipating someone else's. Isn't that good? When one part of the body rejoices, it's honored. We're all honored. We're all honored. Amen? Listen, if you, if you ride the bench in Davis County High School's basketball team and y'all go to state and win, I mean, think about all the guys that get a Super Bowl ring that haven't even set, stepped a foot on the field. You don't even know who any of them are. They're walking around with rings like they did something. You know? It's the same way. Literally. Same exact way. All right. Oh, I'm doing good on time this morning. So good. Pastor Darrell, look, he's got his Bible out. He's hungry for the Lord. He's just ready. He's engaged. My man. All right. So I believe God desires for us no matter what. If you have pain in your body, if you're struggling with something, I believe God's ultimate desire is for you to be healed. And we believe and we'll pray and we'll stand with you that we could see it now. We believe that. I believe with every bit of me. Because Jesus modeled it. And Jesus didn't just come to show you what God could do. He came to show you what you could do as a man anointed by the Spirit. He didn't come just to give us examples. Look how cool God is. No, no, no. He came to say, this is actually how you can live. When the Spirit descended on him like a dove, validated by his Father, you could live this life too. Completely. Isn't that awesome? That's really good news. All right. However, sometimes the Holy Spirit will not give healing, as we've seen. Correct? It's an age-old question to some people who need healing. And we can say, why? And I think there's several reasons in the Bible. Number one is unbelief. Mark 24. Everything is possible for the person who has faith. It says, the Father at once cried out, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Help overcome my unbelief. That's one of the best prayers you could pray. Oh, ye of little faith, right? I do believe, but God help me with my unbelief. Help me with this part that I'm still doubting and still struggling like Thomas. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me see. Help me, help me remember the, 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 literally the, the, the holes in your hands and the holes in your side. God, help my unbelief. I believe you were raised from the dead. 
I believe you were dead. I believe this stuff that could happen helped my unbelief. So I think unbelief, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to even please the Lord. Completely. So unbelief, I believe, can hold back healing. Number two, I'm not saying, don't hear, don't take one thing I'm saying and say this is, applies to everything, please. All right? I'm not saying that happens every single time. I'm saying we have some examples of it in the scripture. So number two, there's a failure to relate properly to the body. Check this out in 1 Corinthians 11, 29 through 30. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep or dead. It's talking about communion. Did you check? That's a kind of a crazy verse, isn't it? Let me read that again. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep or dead. What does that mean? It's basically that you, you take communion. What they were doing is they were, they, were, they were taking communion with no honor, no respect, acting like God was not a big deal, acting like it didn't matter that they could continue living a lifestyle of sin, they could continue taking the communion. And God was saying, listen, this communion is not a joke. In a sense, you could compare it barely with like the idea of like a, a country's flag. That you take that flag and you're burning it and you're stepping on it like you're literally, you're not recognizing the honor, not honoring something that's supposed to be honorable. And he's saying literally, if you take that communion and you're living habitually in this sin and you're not really basically saying that, you're saying that what he broke his body and he drank his blood, this wasn't a big deal, it wasn't that great of a thing, you can invite sickness in your life. I know this is tough stuff, but it's scripture and I love it. The Lord eats and drinks judgment on self. That is why many among you are weak and some of you are even dead. You know why it's so important when we take communion? We say, let's examine our hearts right now. It doesn't mean that you're just supposed to feel like garbage for where you're not at. It means that you have an opportunity right then and there to repent and say, Lord, forgive me and change me. Your blood transforms people. Your stripes heal, God. Your body was broken so I could be healed. Your blood was poured out so I could be changed. You examine your heart. You repent and you take of his supper. You take of his body and his blood. And you take it seriously. <laughs> it's become so robotic. In the, it just has, right? We've all been there. Oh, it's communion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to look like the person not doing this, you know. And if you're new in church, you're thinking, what the heck are we doing? It's kind of, what a weird place to be. You're talking about the blood and sacrifices, washed in this blood, right? That's why it's so important that we teach. It's so important that we teach. Jesus told the disciples, he said, if they accept you, when he sent them out, I think the second time, he said, if they receive you, he said, stay and teach. He didn't just say, man, let's get a lot of converts on a Sunday morning. Let's raise all kinds of hands and then let's count them and put them on Facebook. <sighs> he says, stay and teach. What we see, I think, what lacks the most in the body of Christ today in the church is that we don't have any foundation of, of teaching of the Bible. Let me give you a scripture for it. Jesus said that the man who builds his house on the rock, when the storms in life come, it will not fall. But it says the one who builds it on the sand, on a, a weak foundation. On a, you know what a weak foundation is? 
just a, a goosebumps. I saw something yesterday. It was like, you have so many goosebumps, your goosebumps have goosebumps. And we're not saying that that's not cool. We love the goosebumps. We love that you can feel him. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's times where I don't feel anything. <laughs> and you know what sustains me? The word of the Lord. The word of God. It doesn't change. Heaven and earth may pass away, but his word remains. His word will remain. This is why it's so important. People say, I don't really need to read my Bible. You're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. The reason why I'm standing here today, the reason why my life has been transformed so drastically is because my foundation for eight hours a day in a jail cell was built on this. And when the lies come, if you don't know the truth, you're going to fail. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. Pastor, 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 pastor. The goal of me is that you don't need me. You learn how to rely on him. And I'll help you. I'll walk with you. Some of you know. I'll walk with you. We'll walk, we'll walk, we'll walk. Some of you for years. None of it's wasted. When we invite, when we don't take the Lord's Supper, I think you can invite. The Bible says, that's why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. So take the Lord's Supper very seriously, church. I'm not saying be condemned and don't drink it. I'm saying take the opportunity, repent, let the Lord cleanse you, and join with us. Amen? Man, that's good news. Talking to a young guy the other day, and I've told this plenty of times to people. You know, God, on Sunday mornings, and as you read the Bible, God's just not trying to show you a measuring stick of where you don't add up. He's trying to give you an invitation to where you can go. He's not just, when you read 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. You put your name there. Mike is kind, Mike is patient, Mike is not so sick. You know, all you think about, man, I'm not doing a lot of this. No, God's saying, no, 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 that's not why I'm showing you this. I'm showing this because this is how you can live. This is how you can live, Michael. This is how you can live, Christian. This is how you can live, Alyssa. You can live with me, completely full of the Spirit and bearing fruit. Amen? Abide in me. So number three, a reason why you could uh, also, uh, people who um, don't get healing, uh, there's special reasons sometimes. You remember in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, it says Paul had a thorn in his flesh. We don't know what that was. A lot of people think it was some type of physical um, problem. Remember? And Paul was like, why don't you take this from me? We don't know what it is. It's a mystery. Some people think it was his eyes. Some people think all kinds of different things. But what did God answer Paul? How many of you still are walking with a disease or a problem that you've had for many, many years? <laughs> me. <laughs> and I said, God, take this from me. A few weeks ago, when I had, uh, I'm pretty sure I had COVID about a month ago, I got completely wrecked with it. I believe the Lord allowed me to get it to the fullest extent so I could really understand the people who get it to the fullest extent. Instead of just barely getting it and be like, oh, it's just no big deal, it's just a joke. I got wrecked. Maddie can tell you. Then I started thinking, well, I have done a lot of damage to my lungs, so maybe I was a little more high risk than I thought. I smoked for years, did all kinds of nonsense, right? I got absolutely wrecked with that thing. Let me tell you something else, though. I don't regret one decision I've made since this all started. We've seen so many people be healed, be touched, be saved, be baptized this past year, and it's because we've been open. It's because we've been open to laying hands on people. It's because the kingdom of God has continued to go forth. Sometimes healing doesn't come, and sometimes you get stuck with the back problem the rest of your life. 
I can tell you right now, though, whoo, pastor, some of us that are very, very overweight, that can cause our back problems. I know, I love you. I'm not trying to condemn you. I had a guy at our church one time. I gained like 40 pounds after I got married and after I got off drugs. And my, I, had a guy, I used to tell people I've been married for about 40 pounds. <laughs> some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But some of this stuff, it, it stays with us. Some of it, it, we don't understand it. But I had, when I had COVID or whatever sickness I had, I had a 102 fever for five days. My whole body was aching like crazy. I felt terrible. I couldn't breathe. I was labored breathing. It was bad. And I remember, and it didn't get better. <laughs> and I had a lot of people praying for me. The Bible says the fervent prayer of a righteous one is powerful and effective. Maybe I need to call some different people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because I was praying for myself too. And, and, and I was sitting there petitioning the Lord. I want you to grow. And I want you to know that maybe you were just hearing or maybe you just made that up. That's okay. You know what's not okay? Just to make a mess and leave it there. You know, there's so much joy, there's so much grace in cleaning up your mess. We live in a life that says, if you made a mess, run from it. Run, 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 run. Don't ever make it right and then live 30 years with it. Instead of just saying, hey, you made a mess. This is the whole gospel message. There's grace. We made a huge mess and he cleans it up. Right? So now he lives in us and he gives us our validation. He gives us everything we need. And when we make a mess, we clean it up. I'm, I'm, I'm harsh with Maddie. Sometimes I'm a little more stubborn than I'd like to admit. But then I say, maybe finally, you're right. Carter can attest. I say, wait. You're right. I'm sorry. You know, it's just, it, it's just, you clean up your mess. You know? And so here I am praying. <laughs> this is what I want to get to. Why can sickness come? I was there and I was praying. And I was just wrecked. I was so sick. And I believe in a God that heals. This is why we get a bad rep. God's going to heal you, man. Come on, man. I thought you believed in all that. Well, I do. But I never told any of you that I believe that he does it every time and disown command and all this kind of stuff. I never said that. Never said that. That's never come out of my mouth. People just assume to the greatest extent of what people believe. Right? And so here I am, praying and believing. And I'll tell you what, though. I had a Paul moment where God was like, listen, my grace is sufficient for you, Mike. For in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. And you know what I learned? You ready for this? You know what I learned from those five days? I learned some suffering. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Michael, there's a place of intimacy with me that you can only get in suffering. I was like, well, that kind of sucks. 
am I right? <laughs> uh. hmm. Listen, I might not be the most mature person you've ever listened to. That's all right. I'm very aware. But I was like, man, that doesn't seem like a very good word. That doesn't seem very encouraging. And God was just like, hey, you know what? You know what? You, and I'll tell you, I, I sit in my kitchen, and my wife can tell you, and I sang a song by the Helsers, and it's called Just One. Oh, my gosh. We need to do that song sometime. Oh, and it talks about at the end, it's a, there's an extended version. It's like nine minutes long. And it talks about just one touch and just one drop and everything changed. And I was sitting there in my kitchen and I was like, God, I know that you died. I know that you can heal me. I know that your blood satisfied this. Just one drop, just one touch and I could be completely healed right now. And I wasn't healed. <laughs> I know it's there. And then you know what hit me? Remember Jesus saying back to the disciples, they said, even the demons, even the demons are subject in your name. He said, that's cool and all, but, but remember this, your name is written in the book of life. I'm the main attraction. The thing that I accomplish on the cross is the main attraction. It's not healings, it's not signs and wonders, it's salvation. And I sat there in this place and I remember and I started weeping because I was worshiping. And I'll tell you what, when you're worshiping with 102 fever and you can't breathe, you're in an intimate place with God. I was about to go see him face to face I was real close to him real close <laughs> you know sometimes when I fast for days I get I feel like I'm so close to him I'm about to die and go meet him but I was sitting there and I was saying just one and the Lord hit me and he said Mike that just one drop and he reminded me that just one drop of his blood took all my sins away and everything changed and I started to rejoice just rejoice in the Lord that I was born again <laughs> Oh, church, that has to be enough. You still have a thorn in your flesh. Maybe you still have something that God hasn't taken away. You can still rejoice and have passion and have zeal for God because you've been saved. He didn't promise me he's going to take away my COVID. He's going to take away my back pain. He never promised any of those things until I get to heaven. He promised he'd make me a new creation and I'd be conformed to the image of his son. And guess what? His son suffered. So if you are suffering with something, find him in the suffering. Don't find the discouragement and all the stuff the devil wants you to find in that. He wants you to isolate the depression, the discouragement. The, he wants to accuse God and say, he doesn't even love you. He just leaves you here in pain. Find the cross. Find intimacy with Jesus. And be like Paul when he says, I want to know him. And share in his sufferings. It's a mature place to be. Listen. I wish I would have given some of y'all think he's going to get up here and talk about healing, charismatic church, and that's just going to be awesome and everything. God just wants to touch and heal everybody. Doesn't always happen. Does this make sense to you guys? Four of you. Boom. That was the goal today. I was like, man, if I can get four people to believe what I'm saying today, come on. Jesus had 11. Can I get seven more? Does this make sense? We could change a city. <laughs> Worship team, could you come quickly? I'll close with this, guys. More next week. Hmm. 
think I've told this story before. I had a guy, I didn't finish the story because I can be kind of a scatterbrain. He ca- I came to his house. He's like, Mike, you know, you've kind of let yourself go since you've been married. And like, he, he, that sounded kind of rude. He didn't say it like that. He was just like, hey, you know, I love you. And, uh, you know, your wife's really pretty and young and thin and, you know, look like you've really just, you put on a lot of weight and, you know, you really need to give your best to your marriage and for your health, you know? So we don't want to be the people that are like, oh, I'm just going to be a glutton and gain 300 pounds and I'm going to believe God's going to come and, and touch me. Can he? Yeah, he can do what he wants. But I believe God gives us wisdom. We need to get healthy. We need to exercise. We need to try to eat well. We need to not just be, look silly to the rest of the world that's already criticizing a lot of the church. Right? The charismatic church takes a lot of criticism. I like to remind people that there's 600 million charismatic believers in the world. 600 million. That number is not as large in America, but I can promise you we're talking about global. It leads the way. I'm not saying it's a competition. But I'm saying this is a, world, a world-renowned thing. It's just not as prevalent in America because I believe it takes, it takes really engaging your heart. It takes really being open to be transformed completely. Can we stand? <laughs> hmm. Here's some good news. Can our prayer team come? And I just want you to focus for just a few minutes before you leave. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hey, listen. Our prayer team, we believe in faith that God can heal. Ain't that right, Larry? Listen, we got some, we got some powerful people up here. Some, the Bible says the fervent prayer of a righteous one is powerful and effective. I believe the Lord wants to touch people this morning. If you've been suffering with something for 57 years... The Bible says, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Listen, if I'm in pain, you best believe I'm still asking for it to go away. I'm not going to be like, well, I better just sit in this pain the rest of my life and God's just going to... Listen, maybe so, but maybe not. <laughs> maybe the Lord's just waiting for one more step of obedience. Maybe He wants to just show up and show out today. And He wants to touch you, and I believe that He does. I believe He can. And listen, for some of you that might be struggling with any other type of emotional healing or just pain in any type of way, I believe the Lord wants to meet you as well. But let me give you a little good news that we don't always receive healing, but I promise you, we will always receive salvation. When we believe in Him, He was raised from the dead, and we confess that He is Lord, you will be saved. Ain't that right, Pastor? You will be saved. It's not a maybe. I can't promise healing. We never will promise that in this church. But I can promise you salvation if you yield to Him and you give Him and make Him Lord of your life. Another thing that He will give you, the Bible says, if you ask for bread, He won't give you a stone. If you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you're looking and asking for the Holy Spirit, He will give it. He will. It's not a maybe. It's not a, well, am I spiritual enough today? Have I done enough? No, no, no. If you ask, you will receive you will receive. I'm going to tell you what gets in between the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues right in here. 
This is what gets in between. Well, how? So many questions. How? Why? And honestly, if we don't really want more of Him, He's not going to make you do it. But I believe there's people in this room that want more of Him. Amen? They want more. Not satisfied with just what we have. So would you put your hand on your heart? And actually, would you put your hand on somebody beside you? You know, we're just going to believe for healing to come in this room. Or even right now. Would you ask the person beside you if they have any pain or disease or anything that they would be open to share with you? If you're not comfortable with sharing, that's totally fine. Yeah, Kiana, they be a Sunday. Glory, glory, glory. Jesus, come, Lord. Holy Spirit. Let faith arise in this room. Let it arise. And if they do, just pray this prayer with me. We're going to pray two kinds of prayers. We're going to petition the Lord, and then we're going to command. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you heal whatever it is in their body? Say it by name. If it's cancer, if it's heart disease, would you heal? God, I'm asking you to touch them, Jesus, right now. And then let's turn to a command. Say, in the name of Jesus, all pain, all disease, leave in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Leave right now. Hallelujah. Listen, we don't have to beg the Lord. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. If you've experienced some type of change in your body, we praise the Lord for that. We praise the Lord for that. Come on, you don't have to beg. If you still have pain, tell the person you still have some pain. Let's pray one more time. In the name of Jesus, all pain, go. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, Lord. Whoo! Let's just lift, let's, let's lift our hands to heaven. Say, Holy Spirit, if there's anything in my life that I'm inviting into my life that's withholding healing, God, would you show it to me right now in Jesus' mighty name? Would you show me some root causes of things, Lord, right now? I pray for freedom all over this room, God. They'd walk in freedom like Maddie said. They'd walk in freedom. It's a, it's a complete work. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, can we put our hands together for the Lord this morning? All right. Hey, listen, real quickly, if you're here and you do not have a relationship with Jesus at all, and you need to be saved, you need to be born again, before you leave, please come. The Lord wants to save you. I promise. He wants a relationship with you. If you need to be born again, come down. Some of our leaders, they will pray with you to receive Christ, and you'll become a new creation, and your life will be transformed from this day forward. If you need healing in your body, or you just need prayer for anything, you can come now as well. Look at your neighbor and say, would you like to go down for prayer? And say, I'll go with you. Come on, Jesus. I'll give you a minute to respond and then we'll dismiss. We love you. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We welcome you, Jesus. Come with your power, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.